When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Pod save the queen! And welcome to a very special Pod Save the Queen. Uh, never mind Russell on the Royal Tour. <laughs> I am in Windsor Yay! with Amber Grafland, our fashion things. director. Um, and we have come to see a preview of the exhibition of Meghan's wedding dress. Yeah. Neither of us have been to Windsor before. No. It's really exciting. It's so pretty. It is. It's really pretty. So <laughs> yeah. we've, we've battled the parking machines and now we're in the queue with the rest of the press outside the very grand Henry VIII gate. It's a lovely sunny day. Yeah, it looks really beautiful today. And um, it's, it's a proper castle, it has to be said, doesn't it? I've never been here before. It's quite impressive, no. I've driven past a few times on the way somewhere, going, oh, I should really go and look at that one day. Oh, well, here we are. The here day has come. Um, so what? we're going to get a tour with the curator and hopefully get a chat with, with her later as well. Um, but what are you hoping to see or what are you looking forward well, to checking I think out? It's always interesting when, you see, when you've all seen a dress in photographs because we all know how different things look yeah. for me and I've known that sort of over the years and it's always really interesting to see a dress close up and then kind of compare it to how it looks in photos. Yeah. See, if, it comes, if it came across as well because sometimes actually photos don't do dresses justice. So we may be like, oh my God, this is so much more amazing than we ever thought, which I think is going to happen. Oh, mm. exactly. yeah. Sometimes it can go the opposite way as well, yeah. can't it? Yeah. Can just not, if there's not the person who, you know, like Megan looked gorgeous that day, she was so happy, yeah. which always, you know, the, the mood of a person in the clothes can carry them as well. And the whole sense of occasion and everything that's going on around, no, I agree. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what we think. And um, we're bringing you our Pod Save the Queen listeners along with us. So uh, we'll catch up again. <laughs> with you when we're inside well amber there's no doubting we are in a castle <laughs> there is a no. lot of gold a lot of chandeliers a lot of chandeliers a lot of um giant portraits some of them of slightly familiar faces i think and a lot of very fancy red carpet fancy red carpet and also familiar faces in the form of the official wedding portraits yes of the duke and duchess of sussex um so they're on display in the green drawing room where the official portrait photos were taken and so that's an early start to the exhibition where you first get a flavour of this is not a bad place to come for your wedding reception it's is it? not a bad place at all and actually it's a really sunny day as well so you really do get a feeling of what it must have felt like that on that day. Beautiful views mm. down out over the gardens and oh maybe those are actually the steps where they had the pictures so certainly there's certainly the um, black and white photo of you know, the gorgeous one of Meghan leaning into Harry. Yes. So that was taken outside mm. Uh, Windsor Castle, so we can see some. We we can see some steps. I think I think that's where it happened. That's where it happened for our purposes. Yeah. Definitely where it happened. Right, onward we can get to see the creation 
of um, the wedding dress. So the we've had a, we've just had a bit of a talk about what happens, and yep. you get an audio guide when you come. And Harry and Meghan are on it, talking you through it, which I think is the best audio it's guide narrator. Like whispering in your ear as <laughs> you wander around. Well, I had an audio guide with Roger Moore, James Did Bond. You? Yes, in the Forbidden City in Beijing. So Very special. It was just for you. Just for me. Yeah. But now we've got Harry and Meghan, so which probably, sorry, sorry, Roger Moore, <gasps> God rest his soul, um, probably trumps Roger, I'm afraid. So state dining room. In here, you'll hear about the, um, the musical choices. Yes. Um, and how involved yeah. they were and why they chose Stand By Me and the gospel choir and how Harry was involved and the orchestra music. And um, the team have been working really hard on the exhibition here, so I think they've just been putting the finishing touches to yes. it like, late, late last night. night before it opens tomorrow because we've yeah. got a sneak preview. But the, realistically, at this exhibition, what everybody wants to see is Megan's dress. Yeah, it's all kind of building up towards that, really. Um, and... Our first flavour of it is in the Octagon dining room where we get to see the designer's sketches. Yes, yeah, so you see the first sketch that Claire Waite Keller made of the dress. And it's quite interesting because you can see um, the initial sketch and then you see the first toile. And actually on that toile, they've drawn over it because at that point they really weren't sure on sleeve length. They weren't sure on the neckline. They were still very much playing around with the proportion. And there was a lot of talk about that proportion and how they worked so hard to get that right because I think this dress was all about the detail because it was so simple. So for those of you like me who are fashion idiots um, and aren't sure what a first toile is, I'm helped by the fact I can see the picture. It's basically the mock-up version. It is a mock-up. Apparently they made six, six or seven. I weren't sure, you know. And this one's sort of got a bit of drawing over the top, yep. clearly maybe where they were going to try and make some changes, and the sleeves definitely got shorter yeah, over the course of the design. Yeah, still very much at the decision stage. So you, you can see it very early, and, you know, as expected, Megan had meetings with various different designers, but it sounds like she and Claire, Apparently Wayne Keller, her, she knew she was the one. Yeah, so they very much shared the same vision. Which is interesting because for most brides, they're going trying on dresses and it's the dress that is the one. But when you're getting to have somebody to design your dress, yes, very much it's the designer that needs to be the one. An aesthetic and seeing if that person really understands what it is that you're trying to achieve. I found it interesting as well that it does sound like it was the dress before the veil. Yes, yes. Because to me, the veil became so much the focus... And you can only have a dress like that when you're having that veil. If, you, if, she, if she's had a right. fussy dress already, I think she couldn't Claire have done that veil. I think Megan had a very clear vision of what they wanted for the dress. It was all about this timeless simplicity, but something that, had, that still felt modern. And then I think when they moved on to the veil, that was where they wanted to create the drama. And they succeeded. And they succeeded. For sure. Yeah. Um, so there's three lovely sketches of the embroidery. And... I find this, I find this really, I mean, I shouldn't be surprised it's in French. It's Givenchy. Yeah. Um, in fact, they used a, a French embroidery couture house. Yes. Um, to, to work on the veil. Yeah. I mean, an extraordinary number of hours went into the, the work between, between the dress and the veil. So 3,900. 3, yeah. So that's, I've not, so 50, 50 people. 50 mm. people and a lot of hours. But these, so you can, these three sketches of the veil, so you can see it's, Every section is different. Yeah. Um, they used wildflowers, not state flowers. So it had a more, you know, it feels a bit more like a meadow, a bit more relaxed, kind of or a bit more, more natural wild feel, which was carried through in the in the flowers on the day, like the real real life flowers. Mm -hmm. um, 
but you can, you can see all the different shapes and then the colour coding, which is totally logical, colour coding for what kind of embroidery stitch you need to do for, yeah, because for different the, the flowers. The ladies working on this, they were obviously from Lazar Studio in Paris, which is one of the oldest embroidery studios. Um, yeah, I mean, how, how would they have known? Because every piece is unique, every section as they were moving around incorporated different flowers, so they needed to know what they were doing. So there's a, just a little bit of writing on one of them that says, Tet, voile which means head, <laughs> tail. And then there's a little note up against one of the flowers. Simplifier les traits, fait une jolie fleur. So oh. it's, it's like sim simplify things and make a pretty mm. flower, yeah. essentially, I think. Um, my French used to be better than that, but it's a little bit lapsed. But there we go. I think that will do, that will do the job. The, uh, it always sounds better in French anyway. <laughs> Very jolly fleur. That's a nice, just a nice sensibility. Anyway, so then there's a, a bit of um, some photos of the actual lace work in action and the pins and the bits of tissue paper. And I think now we've seen it, it's so delicate. They must have had to have worked so... I mean, the, you know, the, how they did, you know, there was no room for error there, is there? No. Oh, I, wonder, I wonder whether they did ever have to, like, un undo some bits. Yeah. Oh, I've done that one but, wrong. That one's meant to be a daffodil so and I've done a poppy instead. I don't know if you could. I mean, you've seen it now. It's so delicate and light. I don't think you could have made a mistake. But it's, uh, it's sunny. I, I would not have the patience to be <laughs> doing embroidery. I can do a bit of cross-stitch. What, you're going 5,000 hours in no, your life? No, no, I'd have to. Oh, it would take a long time. Um, and, the, and then we see the pictures that we've seen before um, that were released, I think, of the, the, the final presentation sketches, is their official name. Um, of Megan's dress and veil. Then also the, the bridesmaids' um, little outfits, which are very cute. And yeah. Princess Charlotte's is also on display. So I think it's time that we go through to the main room and see the main event. So we're in the grand reception room, which is a very appropriate name. There's huge tapestries which catch your eye almost even before. All the gold catches your eye. <laughs> All the gold. <laughs> and... And the actual wedding outfits, so they're in a, in a giant glass case, and it's really appropriate that you see them from the back, first of all, I think, because that veil has yeah. got the drama, and it has got, it's got all of that. You can see all the fine detail on the, on the embroidery, on the flowers around that. There's a bit of satin stitch. I did that with my granny when I was little. I don't think I did any of the other more complicated <laughs> bits. Well, I'm not sure I fancy washing my hands every 20, every 20 minutes, every 20 minutes which is what the, uh, what the embroiderers at um, uh, the Couture House in Paris were doing as they I were mean, creating now this. I have seen it actually in the flesh and you see how huge it is. I mean, five metres of veil is pretty impressive and when you see all the work that's gone into it. I can just imagine all these ladies with their gloves sitting around a table, fastidiously embroidering away. I hope they got to have a good gossip when they were doing it. I bet that bit was apart from the hand washing, quite a lot of fun. Yeah, and the other thing I found, so you can walk, you can walk all the way around it. You've got the veil is beautifully laid out, and you know, sort of a feel of it's not flat. You've got a real feel for the material as it's mm. there, um, and you know the simplicity of of the dress, her little shoes poking out underneath, silk flower bouquet, far more practical than a long running <laughs> exhibition, yeah. and some than some real flowers. But um, I think the thing that surprised me actually was the tiara, because oh. it's, it's Queen Mary's bandar tiara, the one that Meghan wore for her wedding, loaned by the Queen for the exhibition. But on the day, obviously, you'd got Meghan's face and her deep black hair and the veil, and the, the tiara was sort of nestled in there. Whereas and now you've got really the, the tiara it, yeah. on the mannequin, and I mean, that 
There's a lot of diamonds. There's a lot of diamonds going on there. It's very beautiful, actually. And I hadn't realised quite how Art Deco it was either. No, it's I hadn't. 1930s. Very, very beautiful. Yeah, all the sort of the geometric shapes. Yeah. And you can just see them catching the light. And, I mean, the lighting in here, as in many stately homes, is relatively um, subdued, really. You know, you've got some lovely chandeliers with um, electrified now. But, you know, it's sort of... You know, it's not bright light, but you can only imagine how dazzling that tiara would have been, sparkling in, yeah. in the sunlight. I and mean, we saw that walking, walking down the corridor to come into this room, some of the beautiful wedding photos that will be familiar to everybody. You know, the one where the, that shaft of sunlight just catches Megan as yeah. she's walking down the aisle and, and so many other beautiful images. I mean, it's so kind of simple in a way in the design, yet it's so striking. Mm. Yeah, very powerful impact isn't yeah. it the, um, I, I'm still all about the veil I mean I know I know that the dress is a work of you know design wonder with its six well, seams and its structure can, and its yeah, proportion but now you see it I know they kept talking about it being quite architectural when you see it I mean standing here looking at it you can see that now and the fact that it's this double um, bonded fabric so you can kind of see the weight and the thickness of it now can't you and it needed to be like that to have that floating veil and to kind of keep its shape as it walked as she walked in it so it's very impressive yes yeah, so, because they made a special bespoke fabric which sounds yeah. like there's some magic magic looming going on yeah. with the silk weavers and uh, yeah it's I mean it it is I mean obviously they pressed it for this but you know it looks like it would just hold it itself yeah because there's so much weight to the fabric and that's that was the whole point I think that Claire Wakefield couldn't find the fabric that she wanted for the design that she'd already made went to Italy and had had her own fabric made well if you was yeah. done right yeah. <laughs> and then the other thing you know the the veil does look so delicate so it's on a single layer of, of silk you've got all of this beautiful embroidery detail around the edges um, but apparently it managed to survive all right it's I know that's absolutely incredible there's really not a flaw or a blemish on there well done the page boys getting it up <laughs> getting it up the steps yeah um, yeah so I mean Harry's Harry's there in his frock coat as well um, which also looks very I mean, he's, he, it's like it's like a Latin dance on Strictly. Okay, Do you know what I've got to he's say, there to set I off her. Absolutely love it, and I really didn't look at Harry on the day, so it's quite nice to see what he was wearing now. Because of course it wasn't about him. It is sadly. very, Sorry, very dashing. But the, yeah. I mean, you were very taken by the page boy outfit. Oh, it's so adorable! It's a perfect replica of his military uniform, made by Dajan Skinner. Obviously, the people that make the military uniforms for the army. Um, it's, I mean, Harry chose it because it obviously it's the most, he called it the most glamorous military outfit. And they even have the, the page boys even had their initials embroidered on their shoulders. So the one that's on display here, you've got, it's George's, so you've got his initials on his shoulder in gold. George and Charlotte, and you can just imagine them, you know, suddenly... Just imagine his little head sort of poking out of it, <laughs> with his little face. And um, it's very cute. So the boys have got the um, embroidery on the shoulders and the girls have got it on the bottoms of their shoes, which is a little So adorable, yeah. I'm very glad as well that we ha it has been cleared up exactly where Megan's blue ribbon yes, is. Yes, we know now. You can't see it, but we know where it is. So, so there was some talk to sit on the veil, and that was just I just didn't see how that no. could happen. Far too fun, but it is, it is in a sensible place for all brides when you want to pin something in, in your petticoats. <laughs> it's sewn so underneath floating hem, Anne. Why is 
That's what I did with mine. I had uh, I had Cardiff City badges oh. borrowed oh my from God. my husband's friend. So they should have spoken to you. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure. Well, he's a he's a Prince of Wales, isn't he? Yeah. He could have had a bit of. But the, maybe the Swansea fans would have got upset. Right. Let's see if we can catch Caroline to speak a bit more about the exhibition. So, hello, Caroline Gita. Welcome to Pod Save the Queen. Um, tell us about your role with the Royal Collection. Yes, so, hello. Um, my name is Caroline Gita. I'm Senior Curator of Decorative Arts at the Royal Collection, which means that I help to look after a collection of decorative art, um, which runs into many hundred thousands of, of works spread throughout 13 different royal residences. And I guess this is a bit different because it's a living exhibition with people who are sort of very much, it's, it's new rather than historic items. Yes, yes. Um, this is an exhibition which of course looks at two people who are very much um, in our consciousness at the moment. Um, the Royal Highnesses, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. And this is the exhibition which looks at their wedding. Um, which, of course, was held here at Windsor Castle on the 19th of May this year. Were you there on the wedding day itself? No, I wasn't. No. <laughs> Just I was watching on television, like, like the rest of millions of other people. Yeah. But in terms of... So when you were watching it on TV, you already knew you were going to be doing this exhibition. So you were watching yes. it with a very different eye to yes. the rest of us. So I were, suppose I was, What yes. were you thinking? Well, I was... Um, I suppose I had been thinking a lot about who the possible designer might be. Um, and when we caught those first glimpses of Her Royal Highness, well, as Ms. Markle as she was then, in the car with her mother um, on the way to um, St. George's Chapel, I you know, caught a glimpse like everyone else, and I was very excited by what I saw. And, of course, I saw the beautiful tiara, um, which I recognised. And, uh, and then, of course, when she emerged from the car, that wonderful moment, as we have with all yeah. royal brides, um, and seeing this beautiful dress looking absolutely stunning and very elegant and very tailored, very classic. I was very, very impressed. Um, and I also, um, because I was very much looking out, spotted Claire Wakekeller, um, who I immediately recognised. And so, of course, I knew yeah. who had designed the dress. Yeah. And that was a very exciting moment. I've learned that trick now, to look in the pictures when they're coming through. Who are the people zhuzhing up the dress <laughs> on the stairs? Yeah. Who we recognise the designer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, at what stage... Because you you've told us how um, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex were very involved with this exhibition. Yes. Was that from even before the wedding, because they knew the exhibition would happen, or was it in the afterwards? Yes. No, that was from before the wedding. So, I... Um, you know, the idea of, of having a wedding dress exhibition is something that Royal Collection has done several times before, for example, for Her Royal Highness Duchess of Cambridge in 2011. And so the feeling was that it would be lovely if we could do something for the Duke and Duchess of Sussex as well, following in that tradition, which in fact stretches back many, many years. Yeah. And um, so I had been in touch uh, with their office, um, my colleagues over at Kensington Palace to suggest that this might be something that they you know, might like to think about and would they be prepared to allow us to display things associated with the wedding, obviously centering around the dress. Um, and, you know, I'm very happy to say that there was a positive response. And, and of course, everything just went from there, really, with the planning. And what was it like working with them on the exhibition? So it was wonderful to have um, the Duchess's input and she's been very, very involved from the initial stages um, when we, we met to, uh, for me to explain 
the idea of having the display in this room, the grand reception room, um, how I thought that the um, display would work and the content. And, uh, and, you know, she was extremely engaged and really um, excited about the project and wanted to have as much involvement as possible and to contribute as much as she possibly could. Um, and that's really how um, the idea of, of having her um, speak about the thought that went into planning the wedding, all of the thought process behind the dress, yeah, that's and what everybody what's wore. interesting is yes. kind of learning more. Exactly. We, we all read about it on the day, but actually when you come here, there are so many other bits of information, and you kind of need to see it for all to fall yes. into place. I yes. mean, you need to see that veil, I think, I mean, to really appreciate the work that has gone into that. So, yeah. so I think it's, you know, it's obviously incredibly unique to have the bride herself speaking about all of that planning and everything that went into it mm. you know from in her own words in her own voice yeah. and so I, I'm really hoping that visitors are going to be just have this fantastic thrill when they when they listen to the Duke and Duchess and of course just visiting here I mean the yeah. fact that it's here I yes. think makes it so much well, more it's so, impactful it's so impactful mm. because you're here in the space where yeah. the dress was worn um, where his Royal Highness's uniform um, was worn and uh, you know where the event happened yeah. and so everything comes together in a really really special way and that gives it that great unique quality that I hope visitors will really be infused by I have a small question about Harry's coat yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is my pet theory about so he's it's obviously not his it's not the coat that he wore on his wedding day mm -hmm. which is here it has been remarked on that Meghan has kind of got him to a he's a fitter healthier gentleman now so I did wonder whether his current coat that he wears might be a little smaller than his original one well I mean I don't know that's a it's a good theory um that's not something I'm afraid I I know too much about <laughs> well, the theory can stand for a little while longer um but uh this is certainly his prop coat of the Blues and Royals worn by him on many occasions but as I said earlier, he had a, a new one specially made for the wedding day. So in a way, it's it's wonderful that he's he's got that. I, and of course, I didn't he, see all that detail. That was all wasted on me no. on the day. I mean, obviously the focus is very much on Megan, but I just didn't know that there was so much detail in that frock coat. It's very well, all, the, all the embroidery, the embroidery in, the, yeah, in the sleeves is so beautiful. Mm. And I think um, military tailors, in a way, are sort of almost like unsung heroes. In yeah. The, in the, not that I would ever class them as fashion designers, but of course they have to conform to codes of design which represent um, you know the queen's um, services but uh, at the same time the, the quality of the craftsmanship in that embroidery mm. and the way that the tailoring and the cut and everything is is absolutely wonderful and actually often serves as inspiration for fashion designers yeah. themselves so you know it's it's just as interesting in a way and working with with Meghan and Harry on this before and after the wedding are there any moments that sort of stand out for you either related to the exhibition or to sort of working with them as a couple you know newly married to be mm. and then in the, the, the sort of the first days of their marriage yes well I think that um, the thing that probably stands out is their dedication and commitment to um, everything they do in fact um, but that's clearly been illustrated through my experience of working with them mm. in this exhibition and also the the wonderful sense of sort of inclusivity that they wanted to distill into the wedding by having for example all the um, members of the armed forces that were lining the streets, you know, because of the, the carriage ride yes. and, and all of the uh, military personnel that were on duty that day came from regiments with which Prince Harry has actually served or with which he has an association. He has various, you know, colonel-in-chief yeah. roles and so on and so forth. So 
that, you know, there's this wonderful sense of wanting to include people and, and make it feel like, you know, it was a, almost everybody's celebration, not just their yeah. important, very important day in their life. It was something that they wanted to share and to, you know, create a sort of unique and very special feeling around. So I think that, that was something that um, has particularly come out. It's nice that Harry as well seems to have been so involved in the planning of the wedding, which probably a lot of brides listening might think, well, I wish my husband had helped out a little bit more with planning everything that you, you know, saying about he chose the music for Megan to yes. walk into. And, yeah. But one question. So you said that when um, Megan, she was ha having meetings with designers, she met with Claire White Keller and realised pretty quickly, this is, this is the one, this is going to be perfect. And she went and told Harry. Did she tell Harry who it was? Or just that she'd found oh, the one? Yes, Do you that's know? interesting. I don't actually know, but um, she does say that she knew instantly that Claire would be the person that she wanted to design her dress, simply because of the, the reasons I mentioned earlier, the fact that she respected her designs and you know she wanted a British designer, um, and that also there's this sort of... Um, international feel because she works obviously for a yeah, French see, couture I really house like that point that you that made has... because that were the comments obviously on the day oh, but it, okay she's British but it's not a British design house or a couture house yes. yeah. but you can I think understand I why, do, yeah. how that yeah. sort of worked in a way um, and uh, so yeah I think his involvement in some ways um, is you know in some of the areas as you say it's slightly surprising actually that he became involved in things like you know choosing the music that he thought mm. his wife to be should walk into St George's Chapel um, but very to, lovely yeah, but very, very lovely. lovely very lovely final question curator's tip if you're coming to the exhibition what is your tip for our listeners to you know the thing that they might not notice or the particular place they should stand oh. or the thing they should do to find your sort of secret favorite thing oh, well i think the thing that they really need to do is just to look at the beauty of that embroidery on mm. the veil and the delicacy and appreciate just what's gone into creating that it's it's such skilled work it's so beautiful it's so delicate there's so much going on yeah. um, really you know bend down it's displayed at a beautiful height where all visitors can see it um, and it's yeah, just it's definitely perfect, worth it to really have a really close look um, and, and just admire the beauty of that embroidery brilliant thank you very much for talking us through it all and lovely to meet you thank you pleasure so Amber's dashed off to rescue her car from the car park because the money's run out um, and I have hung around a little bit. I'm sitting on a bench now admiring St George's Chapel from outside the lower ward shop. There's lots of um, visitors running around comparing their notes and planning on what they're going to do next. Um, and it's a shame, really, because they're a, they're a day too early to enjoy the exhibition, um, which we were lucky enough to get that sneak preview of... Um, it's it's included as part of the ticket as well, the audio guide as well. So it's all you know, it's it's all part of the day out. Um, so St George's Chapel looks very grand. I found a little, managed to find round the corner the stairs where uh, where Megan walked up, and they you know they are quite impressive. And you can see why usually might have had a little bit of a, a struggle getting up them in her heavy dress the other week. Um, before I left the exhibition, I did have a little listen to. Um, to the audio guide and Harry and Meghan talking about their exhibition, their wedding, well, their wedding day that has, has 
created this exhibition and um, you know it's, we're, see, we're seeing them on the Royal Tour at the moment and interacting and, and you see the pictures and the, the video of their sort of shared moments but hearing them again talking about things and you know Megan's talking about some part of part of the wedding day and then Harry will just chip in with his own little bit clearly still so excited and and full of happy memories and and excited about the future that they're starting together um there's some lovely bits talking about uh the music that Megan walked down the aisle to and how Harry's saying he, stum- he stumbled upon that, and but now for both of them, it's been it's such a key moment from from a very special day for them that if they hear that music, they're just transported back straight away to walking down the aisle, or I guess for Harry waiting for his bride to arrive, um, the music that he'd picked playing for her as she walked in, and then. Uh, also picking about um, talking about picking the tiara and uh, you know Megan and Harry headed off down to see the Queen and check out the tiara collection and have a bit of a trying on session every little girl's dream as Harry says I mean, the cheek, you can just see his cheeky grin as he says it so it is, uh, that's a really um, special and unusual thing actually having them narrating the exhibition um, to extent there's it, Claire Wake Keller talks as well in, in more depth about um, the design process for that fabulous dress and veil. And, um, and Harry actually talks about the, uh, the Page Boys outfit um, quite a bit too. So well worth picking up the audio guides and making the time. Um, so the exhibition is in Windsor Castle until January and then it heads up to Scotland where it will open later in the year at Holyrood. Um, whether it will go on tour again afterwards, who knows. Um, we did get some good tips actually from Caroline earlier about how to keep very special fabric, so that veil, um, safe. And the answer is to roll it. So it will be rolled around a, a centre of some kind and interlaid with tissue and special preserving products and to keep it, to keep it pristine because the... Uh, the brightness of the white in that room in a it's a specially commissioned glass case the glass you know at the moment there's nobody been in the exhibition so the glass is pure and you can see right through it and i'm sure the you know the children will have their sticky hands on it when they come because that veil is just at the right height for little eyes to be able to to look at and uh, and appreciate and i'm sure they'll be they'll be might be wanting a little frock coat like george's or a, a bridesmaid's dress like charlotte's and for the adults actually they get to see eye to eye with something rather different which is the giant photos that have been blown up from the wedding day um photos that are really you know they're quite familiar to a lot of us those of us who have been writing, <laughs> writing about megan and harry for the last few months but at the same time you'd see them differently they're so large you can see the the expressions on their faces so clearly and get a real sense of of joy of the day so if you do come down to to Windsor I hope you have a fabulous day and that the sun is shining um, and we'd be interested to know what you make of the exhibition if you do come um, we'll be back on royal tour duty next um, and back with a very po- and with a new podcast very soon. So until next time. Pod save the queen. 